Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Riccia, and this is episode number 336 of the podcast. It's the 9th of November, 2022, as I record this intro. And this week, we're sharing the first episode in our new On the Journey series. Anna, Eric, and I are excited to bring guests on the podcast to share their experiences. We'll be talking about paradigm shifts, aha moments, challenges they've faced, and realizations they've made on their unschooling journey. In this episode, Erica's husband, Josh Ellis, is joining us to talk about his path to unschooling, which he realized started when he was in school himself. He also shares how he's been able to weave unschooling principles into his work as a college professor in the field of film production. We dive into many common themes, including kids are capable, de-schooling, and connection. Josh's enthusiasm for his work and his family life shine through in this fun conversation. We hope you'll find this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. But before we dive in, I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support is instrumental in keeping the podcast archive, audio, and transcripts freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to support the show, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's get to our conversation with Josh. Uh, welcome. I'm Pamela Rickia from livingjoyfully.ca. Today, Anna, Eric, and I are excited to speak with Josh Ellis. Welcome, Josh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so to get us started, I was hoping you can give us just a bit of introduction to you and your family. Okay. Um, so yes, my name's Josh. I'm married to Erica. Hi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we met in film school uh in graduate film school in Tallahassee Florida I'm actually from Seattle so that's my originally started off in that corner and then in graduate school we met um but we weren't together till we moved out to Los Angeles and then we became a couple in LA um and then several years later had started to have children and um <laughs> uh so after a couple of years of our youngest, uh, Oliver, um, being born, started to kind of just think about um, what his future was going to look like, you know, in school and how that kind of thing. And of course, we had gone to tons of school, right? Like all the way through grad school, Erica even did extra, like she was going to get extra education, training, all this stuff. And so school is just a part of like our decades of life at that point. Um, but then just started to think about like listening to him and watching him and being observant and thinking, I don't know if school makes sense for the way that he is, which was, I think kind of a leap for us anyways, just because I think that was, you know, going back, kudos to us to even acknowledge that, you know, <laughs> um, but it kind of hit us pretty simultaneously. Um, and then Erica, uh, as she usually does, did an incredible deep dive into just, looking up everything and anything 
you know, articles and blogs and books and the whole thing. And then I would kind of get like the cream off the top and be like, okay, read these five things uh, and then talk about it. And, you know, that kind of transition for like maybe homeschooling to maybe project-based learning to unschooling. What does that mean? And like kind of getting to that point. Um, and obviously now we're fully into that type of mentality, not just in kids, but just in life in general. And it feels excellent. It feels perfect. Um, but in terms of like kind of where we're at right now, um, I mean, the kids are still into many things. I mean, kind of like us, you know, like we're into a million things too. Um, I know that I've always been into like movies and video games uh, pretty much since I can remember. Um, and so probably just upon demonstrating that, some of that probably just wore off on the kids to some degree anyway. So they're being exposed to it constantly. Um, so like Oliver really likes Legos and he really likes video games and he likes Lego video games. And he likes, uh, um, we recently, um, just starting today, we're going to start getting into like holiday movies again. We all really like holiday movies. Like we watch Home Alone on repeat for the next couple of months. Um, but all four of us love that. And so that's something that we've kind of always bonded with. Um, some movies is part of our lives as well. And it's a big part of my life because that's what I do professionally. Um, and uh, plays lots of Roblox with his friends and like that kind of stuff too. Swimming is a big thing for Oliver too. Uh, as well as Maya. Maya really likes swimming a lot as much as possible, um, which it's so hot now. It's kind of like, I almost don't want to go outside because it's so hot, but this is probably the perfect time to go swimming. So we probably should get out there again very soon. Um, Maya likes uh, anime. There's a lot of anime shows that she's really into. And I've kind of, I've never really been into that, but now I'm like, I will do anything with you because I want to watch things with you. I want to listen to things. And so now I'm kind of getting into that stuff too. It's kind of fun. Um, like Demon Slayer and uh, My Hero Academia, a bunch of these different anime shows are really interesting. Um, and then uh, she's really into animals, always been a big part of her life. Uh, she has a couple of video games where like you design zoos, which she calls animal sanctuaries, but that's kind of a big thing for her. Um, we've recently got a, a dog, um, kind of a long-term dog as part of our family now. And so taking him for a walk is a big part of her daily routine. And that's a big thing that she's always wanted to do. So try to do that with her as much as possible. Um, I don't know. It's kind of what a snapshot of what we're kind of doing up to day to day now, I guess. You know, one thing that really jumped up for me that I love Josh is that kind of shift from like engaging with our kids and their interests because we want to hang out with our kids and learn more about their kids and see it through their eyes rather than, oh, I don't like right. those kind of shows. So you go watch that. I'll go do my thing over here until we find the thing that we like together. As you said, like holiday movies, like there are things that we we enjoy together as a family, but we're also unique individuals too. And there are things that we like as a person. Then when we can set that aside and choose to join them because we're interested in them. So it's not so much about the show. It's it's more about them. It's more about connecting with them. It's more about having shared language like that we can understand what when they're sharing the next cool plot twist that happens two weeks from now or whatever. But we learn so much more about them, don't we? Which makes it so much easier. Our lives just feel, for me anyway, just so much richer because there are so many things bubbling up in it, individual things and shared things as well, right? Absolutely. And I kind of have a standing rule for myself that if a kid wants to watch anything, I'm going to watch it with them. I think that I just kind of announced that to the world. Um, and it kind of 
goes together with um, I've heard on the podcast a few times about like, you know, trying to say yes as much as possible and trying to listen as much as possible. I think it kind of falls into that category and I kind of buy into that a lot. Um, but I also just want to expose myself to other content too. So why not expose myself to things that they're really interested in? So I have learned about so many things that I have ended up being interested in. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah, it, so much of the world, like we say it all the time that our lives feel so much richer. Things I wouldn't have gone to or looked at without them being interested in them first. But like, yeah, there's still music that I listen to from, you know, when my kids oh, were oh interested in it. So many yeah. kinds of music. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And even now I'm diving into video games much more just because mm -hmm. that interest has been bubbling through our days for so long. But anyway, yes, it's beautiful. <laughs> I was just thinking it's so interesting because like, like, I think that was kind of one of the things I hadn't really realized going into parenting like how different they were going to end up being right. from the two of us, even, right. you know, it's like, but we're going into this with so many interests, like between the right. two of us and so right. much excitement about life. And we do so many things and yet here they are with even more things and different yeah. things and like just a completely different way of being in the world. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, if you're open to that, I feel like, like I learned so much from them, exactly like what you're saying. I was going to say too, that I think, you know, being our kind of scanner personality that likes to learn all the things, like I, that was how it was for us too. It was just like, oh, they're bringing in all these things I hadn't even thought of. And I want to learn all about it. <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. And because I feel like, because we want to lean into connection with our kids, it gives us so many more pieces so many more threads that we can connect through, like, you know, holiday movies really only become a thing for a couple of months a year. <laughs> you know, the, there are they're kind of seasons for interest, too, which reminds me, um, like, so when we see an interest, so an interest of uh, our child's might might have a season, right? It might come in peak and it might be two months, six months, two weeks, whatever. But when we, uh, as you said, Joss, like choose to engage with them around it, choose to watch the new thing that they're watching. And we learn that little piece. And then like six months, a year down the road, when something else comes up, we can see the threads and the connections yeah. looking oh, yeah. back, which just helps us better understand how unschooling works, how human beings learn. That right. that wasn't like a start and stop, and I'm never going to think about that again. It may have waned, but it bubbles up in different ways moving forward. So it really helps us understand the richness and the form of, of how human beings like to learn, doesn't it? Right, because you never know what information you need at any given time. There's no way to pre-plan that. You just have to stumble into it. And then if it gets lodged into your brain somewhere and becomes significant later, then great. You can file it back and you're like, whoa, that really is now really important information that I have. And I can build on that or save it for later or absolutely. And it helps us choose new things to bring into their lives that that they might find interesting, too. Just because we have a little bit more experience, a little bit more perspective of what's out there. If we have like two or three dots along the way and we say, "Ooh, that looks like it might be leading in this direction. Without expectation, we can bring in some new things that they may find super, super interesting too, right? 
This might be a tiny tangent, but it's kind of reminds me of Oliver's piece with Legos, like how that has changed, you know, from him wanting you to make them to now sure. he's into this piece. And so I love how you all have kind of fostered that environment for him to explore in a way that works for him at the different stages of it. Right. Yeah. At the beginning, he he wanted me to do all the building and was only interested in building minifigures. And then lately he has come to me and said, you know what I love about Lego sets (laughs) is building them all by myself. And I was like, really? (laughs) Like this is new. Alone in a room. Don't talk to me. I'm doing this Lego set. Right. And then just feeling so proud about it. But he had not been interested before. So Right. Like it's his own path through even something like that that seems like, well, isn't this just how you do Legos? Not necessarily. Well, even if you really go back to like it started with like just Lego heads the, the helmet. and helmets. Like it was so specific. And then it slowly transitioned to minifigures and then Star Wars characters and then obviously full sets now. It's really amazing. It's fun. What I love about that story is how meaningful that is to Oliver and how like, as part of the shift on schooling, how we can think, okay, this is the Lego set we're giving to them and Legos are all about building and like we can get stuck on encouraging them to build it themselves. And like, oh my gosh, why do you even like Lego if you don't want to build it? You know, we can tell ourselves so many stories in our head about it and feel like we should be pushing and encouraging our kid to do the thing. We can give it that space to unfold in the way it makes sense to them. Oh my gosh, it can be very different than typical, but it is so beautiful and it so beautifully, uniquely speaks to who they are as a person too, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm thinking thinking about like how hard it is sometimes to buy the $120 Lego set when he only wants this guy in it. And so, yeah, the building is a fun (laughs) fun component to this. I love that. Okay. Okay. You mentioned a little bit, Josh, about how um, you guys first, like, oh, I don't know if school's going to work for Oliver, how that question started, just started to bubble up. So let's hope right. we can share a little bit more about your early journey, um, sure. how you kind of got to unschooling and what the de-schooling or, you know, getting used to it or understanding how it works more, how that, what that looked like for you. Right. Um, well, so again, it just started with the question of what would be, you know, what would be best? Um, does this makes sense for us. Um, and obviously part of the equation too in LA is always interesting because um, people start freaking out really early, like at preschool, kindergarten of like, you have to get in a list like four years in advance. So it's like, what school do you want them to go in five years from now? And it's like, I don't know who's going to be like in five years. Like, how do I even think about that? And so that started us down this path of thinking about how he's going to grow as a person and what does he do? And then that means you have to listen to them and observe them more and those kinds of things. And it started to all kind of gel into school. It's not what makes sense right now for that person and that brain. And so then as we started to think about these other topics, um, when we eventually did come to unschooling and once I started to know what, what that definition was and what that was about, then you start to, you know, you compare it to, you know, your history, like my history, and especially since we had so much school. Um, and then one thing that really was kind of shocking to me is that I was rethinking my experience in middle school is when you started to get lots and lots of homework, like you'd start getting piled up more and more. So it's like six, seven hours at school and then like a couple more hours at home. 
So it's like 10 hours a day of like school. It's like crazy. And I just had this epiphany in middle school and I was like, you know what? No more homework. Like I'm, I have made the decision that I will do homework at school during other classes. Like I will just figure out a way to get it done. Maybe even lunch, whatever. When I go home, that's, that's my time. Like I get to do, and whatever it is, it's reading, it's playing with friends, it's playing video games, whatever it was. I kind of made that decision early and I did it all the way through high school and I never did any homework and I did it. You know, I still did good enough in school that like people left me alone, you know, like I wasn't getting terrible grades. I figured out enough to play within the system that I could still do what I wanted, which for me meant it kind of ignoring counselors saying, Oh, you have to take these college prep classes. And I'd be like, you know what? I want to take two gym classes. I want to take the extra helmet class. And they're like, you don't need that. And it was like, well, that's what I want to take. And luckily I got support of my parents saying, that's what you want to take. Then you should take that. And so it was great. Um, so somehow I stumbled into college and I had good enough grades out of high school to get into a college. But then in college, it's also like, you know, uh, this is the curriculum for this degree. You have to take these classes and half the classes. I'm like, I don't want to take those classes. Um, and then again, I was lucky enough in college that I was at a college that allows you to make your own degree. And so I would pick and choose, like, these are the classes that I'm interested in. And Eric always teases me, like, you kind of minored in sports because I liked taking those classes. I took, you know, volleyball, then I'd take advanced photography. You know, like, those are the classes that I wanted to take. Um, and so I kind of invented a degree. So all this along the time, I'm like, you know what? I was kind of, like, in charge of my own learning from right. the beginning because I just kind of did it. And is, is there a way we can give our children and that, at that time my, my son an opportunity to do, do those things too without having to like fight against the machine that is school and you know all the stuff that's part of that and unschooling was like well there it is I mean that's clearly what that is um, and so I mean it wasn't until I chose to go to graduate film school where I was like okay everything they're saying is what I need to hear right now so I'm going all in on it and it was totally different than like me having to take a bunch of gen ed classes for things that I had no interest in, like, you know, a bunch of math and history classes that maybe at some point in my life, I'd be fascinated by it. But at that time, I'm like, I can't even hear what you're saying right now. I'm just, I'm thinking about this other thing that I want to do. Um, but for, I film school fit it for me. And so now I want to give the students that I'm with on a day-to-day -day basis kind of the opportunity that I had by discovering that passion and that love. Um, to do that in my day-to-day -day job now. But again, it just, it came from this like lightning strike of like, I've been living my life kind of like this anyways. I just didn't know how to describe it. And so it really made a lot of sense when we started to, expl to explain to each other what that meant to us. I love that story. <laughs> a little bit rare <laughs> to be able, and as you said, you know, your parents said, oh, if that's what you want to take, that's what you take. They were, yeah, they were very supportive. That was great. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think what I love about that story that I want to highlight for everybody is that, so in middle school, you're what, 12, 11-ish kind yeah, of age? Then, yeah. And like, look at the agency and autonomy that he wanted. That is what all our children, like all our right. children have that ability to know what they want and to have agency and want to do things that interest them. And yet they're shoved into this machine that doesn't allow that. And so I just love that kind of reminder. Like, so now we have this adult that's reflecting back, like, yeah, I knew what I wanted to do. And it wasn't that. <laughs> like, right. 
That really brings back, like we talk so much about how children are capable at young ages of knowing and doing and understanding so much, so much more than we often give them credit for conventionally. So yeah, that is a shiny example of that. (laughs) And one thing that comes up a lot is, you know, people will, especially during de-schooling and stuff like that is kids will veg out, you know, and watch mm-hmm. videos or movies or TV or whatever it is, you know, that they're, they see it as something that's maybe a negative, but then I'd go, I get thinking about my experiences and I used to watch movies on repeat for just days, like staying up all night. And like, I didn't know why I was, I mean, when you're doing it, you don't know why. Right. Yeah. And then <laughs> 10 years later, I was studying those movies. Like I was trying yeah. to figure yeah. out how this movie was made. I didn't know as I watched Terminator 2 for the 48th, fifth time, why? <laughs> but I was tearing it apart in my head and I was studying it. And so I think at some point when people are watching content, especially on repeat, there's something in there that they're trying yeah. to get out of it. And they probably can't even put it into words, especially when you're younger. You're just drawn to it like a magnet. And so if you need it, then they should do that. That's great. Yeah. I love that. That is such a great thing too. Like even for ourselves, sometimes as we're starting to do something or we're pulled, we want to do something. It is hard to explain, you know, exactly. I want to. (laughs) Right. And, and it feels like we need to justify it like as, as adults, but then, then children justify it to their parents like oh, you've watched this like 10 times you know let's put something else on or you know whatever whatever because we're we those those messages of of being productive and uh you know being able to show your work right now are are so strong Oh, I love that. I love that. Or that things have to be such a linear path, you know? And it's like, even while in some ways your path was linear because now you're so into film, it was specific aspects of it, you know? And so for another child, it might be the music or the art or the way they're putting the comedy together or the way all those pieces. And it's like, it's not this linear path. It's like, we always talk about, it's the web, it's the threads that then lead us down the road to, you know, have this information that we need for this next thing we want to do. Right. But just you need the time and the opportunity to explore right. it. Right. You just you yeah. got to have it. Right. That's what I was thinking, like goosebumps, as in yeah. that is one of the things I love most about unschooling is the space and the support, like yeah. like your parents, Josh, not stopping you from making these choices mm-hmm. to follow our interests as in what we're drawn to. We don't need to name it. They don't need to name it we don't have to explain it to other people like none of those things but the space for um our kids and eventually ourselves too to just follow where we're being pulled is is so valuable it's so rich because like you were saying earlier josh we don't know where it may go and anna we don't know what piece yet might connect with something but like you said like something sticks and that thing may bubble up in another context, like like a film degree <laughs> later on. But the, without the expectation, which is why, again, back to what we were talking about right at the very beginning of connecting with our kids and seeing the things that they're interested in, in each, in, in the different seasons, in various moments, just so we understand them 
better. Like it doesn't mean we can explain, doesn't mean we have an answer to anything, but we have enough, we see another one of the seeds and then another one of the, and then how they begin to thread together over time. Like I I remember there were fun times when my kids were into something and I I said, Oh, Hey, you remember like a year ago when you you know, doing this thing, and we would just have a big smile and fun conversation about it. But just to see, it's like, ooh, this is me. Like, it it helps them feel seen and heard when we can put those pieces together. Like, it gives a little bit more meaning to those pieces when they don't, they aren't like disparate little things. Right. Right. When we start to see the patterns, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm moving in a direction that's really about me. Even if I can't, find it. <laughs> exactly. especially when everyone's happy, like you know it's working, right? Like you're not fighting against something at this point, just because you're you're getting the time and the space to be who you are, and especially when you're younger, they're still figuring that out. And so, I mean, we're still figuring that out. But I mean, especially when you're younger, you have no idea, and you couldn't put it into words if someone asked you, of course. Um, and so you just need the time. And so, like again, you still have to have to fight instincts. And so, like. I'm going to bed and it's late and I'll mention to the kids, maybe like, oh, it's getting late or whatever. But like, she'll be in the zone playing a video game of like doing her zoo thing. And it's like, I'm not going to mess with that because she has no interest in stopping. Yeah. Why fight that? Like, get out of the way. Do you need, you need some water, whatever? And just let her stay in that uh, that space that she needs because maybe she's going to have this big moment that's going to have an impact or not. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I shouldn't get in the way of it. Yeah. I love that. Not getting, not getting in the way of it. That's, that's the big thing too, because we can bring so much of our, our adult kind of framework on top of it. Like you said, you know, she's, she's in it right now. It doesn't really matter what the time on the clock is, you know, especially now they can sleep (laughs) as long as they want, (laughs) you know, and whenever or need to like there are so many things that seem like oh we have to do this we have to do this we have to do this that if we take a moment and just think about it it's like oh well no maybe they don't have to maybe they can just continue doing it. <laughs> right so there's infinite ways to, to tackle any issue and so yeah it's part of just also just learning to be a problem solver in general like it's just like right. no, never too soon to start practicing that yeah yeah. So you alluded to this a little bit earlier, and I'd like to dig into it. As a professor, how do you find unschooling principles weaving into your work nowadays? <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of about the same time where I started teaching that we were also learning about all this. And so that was kind of interesting. Um, so when I started teaching for the first time, you first start with what you know, which is this is what I've experienced. You kind of regurgitate it in another way, or this is how someone else says to do it. Great. I just need to do something. And so a lot of that was kind of the formula you think of like quizzing and testing and this, this kind of stuff you think about when you think of school. Um, so as soon as I started to think about reevaluating it, I was like, well, that's gone. Like that's, doesn't, <laughs> that's not an individual. That's about the test, not the person. And so but what can I replace it with that's going to be helpful to the students, you know, and this is still ongoing, you know, this is still trying to figure out a way to to do the best possible. But I think recently, I was just talking to Erica about this, um, it was about creating as many opportunities to have one-on-one conversations with students mm-hmm. 
when it's a good time to talk to them. You know, like, so uh, for instance, we I do film production. So it's a lot of onset production. They're in, they're onset talking to actors, working with equipment, doing that thing. So it's observing them to like know when to stay out of the way. Cause you're like, I should not jump in right now. I'm gonna ruin something. They're figuring it out themselves or they're helping each other. That's awesome. Like just watch or maybe even don't even be there. Cause sometimes by just being there messes it up because they're looking over their shoulder and be like, is this right? You know, like that kind of thing. So it's trying to find that cadence of when do they need me? And then being available when they need to have a conversation to get them out of a bind or they're lost or um, they just need to hear encouragement or whatever it is, which is listening which is exhausting, honestly. <laughs> and it's kind of the opposite of, again, like traditional school, which is like, sit down, shut up, and here's some stuff. And then in a week, we're going to quiz you on it. But now it's like, I have to listen to them, their needs, their wants, what they're trying to achieve with their projects, and then see if there's any way that I can be helpful. And if not, get out of there, right? Like, But, but always being available, um, which again, it's just, it's a lot of energy. <laughs> and so then coming home and trying to do the same for your kids too, it's also hard because I don't want to shut it off. You know, I want them to, right. when they come in and they're like, I want to tell you about this new show. And I can't be like, I can't listen to it right now. It's like, okay, give it to me. <laughs> tell me more stuff. Um, but it's just trying to be okay with that. And like, that's what I needed. That's what they need. That's what my students need. And so trying to give everyone that space. But then obviously knowing that I need to make time for myself, my own brain to reset as well. <laughs> But you find those opportunities, you know, and as you get older, you figure out a way for you to make your own systems to do that. And for me, it's been getting up really early or going outside or whatever it is and kind of reset and you figure that out. But I think in, in school in particular, it's figuring out ways to talk to them in smaller groups as much as possible and giving them opportunities to teach each other as much as possible and knowing when to just stop talking and I, that's hard because as a teacher, you're taught that that's your primary role. Right. But now I see my primary role is to watch and know when it's time to talk. And sometimes there is, or sometimes it's like, okay, we're going to, you guys need this info. Yeah. Here it is. I'm going to try to make it as efficient and as clean, as fun as possible and get out of the way again. Um, and that's been a big part from learning about unschooling principles. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That really, <laughs> I'm just imagining, a, uh, you know, a room full of students and the energy, yeah, no joke, the energy that that takes to be, you know, just feeling, feeling it out, feeling your way through it, being in right. the moment to get a sense of where they are and when to, when it would be helpful to step in, pull back, how much to share what yeah that that takes a lot but i can imagine what a huge difference it makes to the students themselves in that course they must just feel so engaged you know and and have such agency you know even within the confines of a, a class or a course right and one thing I've noticed a lot is, you know, like he'll tell stories of when the students first come. So a lot of them are fresh out of high school. They get into these college classes. And so 
they have that attitude of what do I, what do I need to know? What do I need to know for the test? What do I need to do in order to pass this? And really, really focused on that. And then he just will turn it around and be like, what do you want to do? (laughs) What do you want to learn? What's important to you? And they're just like mind blown, like a little confused. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like each person, even in the same program, has different goals and different interests. And, you know, like in a film program, there's so many different areas that you could be interested in. And so it's like Josh's job to figure out what does this person want to get out of this program? And then it's a lot of individual tailoring. (laughs) Right. So, so two things came to mind for me. One, just because I have some inside knowledge, like how well loved he is, as everyone can imagine, you know, his students think he's amazing and the endowed chair and all the things that he's done. Like it, and so I I had to do my job. (laughs) Like, like he's bringing this passion to this position and, and it's, it's working, you know, for the, for him, for the students, for the school. And so I think it's just a really good reminder to like, we don't have to box ourselves in, in the way that it's always been done. Like we can succeed and have this life that we love by really, you know, finding our core principles and by living those core principles. But then the other piece that kind of popped out, we talk about it from parents' point of view, or or I talk about it specifically, like I don't, I wanted to have an environment, like I didn't want to have the conflicts. Like, so for me, it was worth doing the work of, you know, collaborating and whatever, because it just feels better. But I feel like it's probably the same for you too, Josh. Like, yeah, you could give them tests and do, and maybe there'd be some things that would be easier about just handing them and they regurgitate it. But it's like, for you, I think it's got to be so much more energizing and fun to have this collaborative relationship. And so I I kind of love that piece of it too. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think one of the things I kind of miss from working in film production, like professionally and not teaching, is that it's purely collaborative. It's high energy. It's like all these like leaders together kind of creating new kind of works. And school is kind of not for that, but I can create that environment in my classes. And so I can still be in that every day. So I kind of get to do my first, second loves simultaneously. Like it's perfect. Right. <laughs> um, and so I'm kind of very lucky in that regard. I think that's such a great point too. It's like that we can bring our full selves. As you were saying, Anna, we don't have to, oh, you know, this is the school framework. This is the way it goes. I need to kind of shut down those other pieces of me to just do this thing the way it's expected to be done. Yet, when we can bring our full selves, yes, it takes a lot of energy, but it's in service of something yeah. that yeah. I love and enjoy. And I get to, um, you know, feel feel fulfilled. Is that kind of a way you feel, I'm sure, exhausted and all those pieces, but it also <laughs> seems like it would be fulfilling, like you said, to cultivate that environment that you enjoy so that right. they, they can experience an environment that is more similar to when they go out in the world to do that work. Right. And I think, you know, demonstrating the joy of what you do is important too, because especially mm-hmm. what I'm training them for and what they're doing at school, like this career is crazy, right? It's very entrepreneurial, like you're very independent contractor, you're on your own kind of in a ways. And when you finally get on a show, you're working like 80, 90 hour weeks, like it's crazy. And if you don't absolutely love it, you're going to be miserable. (laughs) Like it's just, so I'm trying to show like, 
look at the enthusiasm I have right now is that we need to kind of be at that. And so I'm not going to tell them that, but I'm going to demonstrate it because if you're not at that level, you're going to burn out in like a couple of years. Like you're never going to make it. It's just too intense. Yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Michael and yes, the film sets <laughs> are just intense, long yeah. hours and un- unexpected. Like, yeah, show, oh, yeah. show up tomorrow, 6 a.m. Yeah. Let's go. You know, it's it's fascinating. It is a whole, it's a world unto itself. Yeah. And yeah, to be able to just demonstrate, show them with your enthusiasm that, that that's kind of the level of love. Like if you don't love it this much, right? Right. You have to try something else. If this is just feels like uh <laughs> You know, that's it, especially if they're fresh out of high school, you know, they, right, they take right. this it may not be, but what you're giving them is an experience that helps them um, see if this really is a good match for them, right? Right, because and for some people, like, I'm teaching them how to make movies, like, this is, like, that's, that's what we're there to learn about, but then after taking a semester or two, they might realize, you know what, I just wanted to get better at making, like, webcam videos, right. and that's fine, but they discovered that by being, you know, around things. And so if I can help that, that's fantastic. I have lots of those conversations of like, actually, I'm thinking about this other thing, but it still is related to media in some way, which is why I was drawn to this as a word, because some counselor said the word film and I ended up in your class. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and we do also have people that become directors and cinematographers and that thing too. Like we have all of those. But again, it just becomes listening to them and trying to help them as much as I can if they need it. So that's so beautiful so beautiful thank you so much for taking the time to join us josh i really appreciate sharing your thoughts and your experience it was so interesting to hear it's great i I listen to these all the time so it's funny to be on the other side (laughs) we're glad to have you (laughs) thanks so much josh we very much appreciate it have a wonderful day you too thank you I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.